got to give a shout out to Florida Governor DeSantis saying that he's going to send uh, police officers to help out Texas, to help out Arizona to enforce the border. I mean, Governor Abbott, remember, he cannot circumvent what is our federal laws that literally prohibit him from doing the job and forcing the law. That That is up to federal authorities. So when all of these people enter Texas illegally, um, you know, his hands have been tied the entire time. Anyway, so uh, he decided he's even raising money for the continuation of the building of the wall in the great state of Texas, independent of what the federal government is doing. Governor DeSantis wants to help out. So he's sending Florida law enforcement. They're going to go to Texas and Arizona to help with the border. Uh, And also uh, Governor Abbott has gone even a step further and said that that they are going to have the ability now to put people in jail for 180 days based on Texas law. Uh, Because what we have with Joe and Kamala Harris is not only open borders, not only the promise of future amnesty, but then they're aiding and abetting the law breaking. And they're not they're They're in the process of building more cages for kids as we speak. That's their answer. Wide open borders. Um, It's pretty remarkable. Now, Kamala Harris doesn't like the question. We know she snapped that. Lester Holt, I haven't been to Europe either. Well, she hasn't been to the moon. When are you going to the border? It's been, you know, we're going on three months now. She's the border czar. Americans don't see a lot of that on a daily basis. What they yeah. do see it, they're at their own border, children being lowered over fences, yeah. children coming in with, you know, phone numbers stenciled on, on their hand. Yeah. And so the question has come up, and you heard it here, and, and yeah. you, you'll hear it again, I'm sure. It's why not visit the border? Why not see what Americans are seeing in this crisis? Well, we are going to the border. We have to deal with what's happening at the border. There's no question about that. That's not a debatable point. But we have to understand that there's a reason people are arriving at our border and ask what is that reason and then identify the problem so we can fix it. Just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. And I I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Anyway, so she snapped at a Univision uh, reporter uh, over the question of not visiting the border. Listen. I've said I'm going to go to the border. And when are you going to the border, Vice President? The administration has asked. I'm not finished. (laughs) I've said I'm going to the border. And also, if we are going to deal with the problems at the border, we have to deal with the problems that cause people to go to the border, to flee to the border. And that is the root causes. So my first trip as Vice President of the United States was to go in terms of a foreign trip to Guatemala to be on the ground there to address and to and to be informed of the root causes why are the people of Guatemala leaving do you have a date tiene una fecha para su viaje a la frontera para ver la situación con sus propios ojos i will keep you posted i'll keep you posted donald trump is going to the border in about 12 days how do i know cuz it's 13 days i'll be there with him And I'll be with Governor Greg Abbott. I will go down again like my 15th trip to the border. 
Uh, I know what's going on there. Now, we want to find out what the causes are. Why are people leaving? Why are they? Because they're giving you the answer. Our investigative reports have, have asked people, why are you coming? Because you told us to come. So Joe told us to come. It's not that hard to figure out, Madam Vice President, you know, I didn't finish. Oh, Joe didn't like getting questioned yesterday. Now Kamala didn't like getting questioned. I mean, it's just nothing but an unmitigated disaster and embarrassment for the country. Now, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, uh, no question, Mexican cartel activity is spilling over into the U.S. because of the border crisis. Well, at least you got to give him some credit. He admits it's a crisis. Here's what he said. Is it true that uh, many of the foreign nationals who are being trafficked across our border often arrive here deeply indebted to the Mexican crime cartels? Certainly, we have seen uh, quite a number of such instances. Absolutely. Are those debts collected through indentured servitude to the cartels? In some cases, definitely. Um, you know, we... We are pursuing, we have a number of human trafficking task forces, uh, as well as working on certain task forces with DHS to try to address that issue. Uh, but I, there's no question that the cartel activity on the other side of the border uh, is spilling over in all sorts of ways. And you just put your finger directly on one that is extremely concerning to us all. Ninety percent, with all due respect, uh, FBI Director Ray. Of all the heroin that's killing about 300 Americans a week, uh, 90% of the heroin crosses that border. Nearly 100% of the country's fentanyl that is killing hundreds of people a week crosses that border. Now, we do have one new development, uh, and that is now Biden is allowing Central American, uh, American economic migrants with pending asylum claims, not approved claims, to have our State Department, our State Department now, if you have a pending claim, an asylum claim, which everybody has because they're all coached on what to say when they get in here, they are now flying in their entire families on your dime to live with them in the United States. This was in the Los Angeles Times. The Biden administration on Tuesday announced the major expansion of a program that would allow many such youths into the country legally as part of its stated goal to increase legal pathways for immigration. So if you make it in here illegally, you claim asylum. Now Joe's sending private aircraft to pick you up and bring the rest of your family so they can be with you. Wow. Joe Biden's DOJ is offering citizenship to everybody. Anyway, Mark Morgan, former acting commissioner, Customs and Border Protection, Heritage Foundation visiting fellow. Okay. It's like every day gets worse. These governors, they're not allowed to circumvent um, ICE or the federal government that is not only not enforcing the laws, but they're aiding and abetting in the law breaking. And now when people just make a claim, now we're going to fly in their entire family, Mark Morgan? Yeah, Sean, look, everything you just said is, is correct. And just like you know, just when I think things can't get worse, they do. I mean, we all know about MPP. They, they destroyed, ripped up the agreements we had with the, the Northern Triangle countries and about CDC's Title 42. We all know they got rid of all of that. 
But what's going on behind closed doors that a lot of people don't realize is what you just mentioned, Sean. It's called CAM, Central American Migrant Program. But Obama did this, and it failed. And, and on top of that, it was illegal. But but they, they, this is CAM 2.0. It's on steroids. Like you just said, it's expanded those that, are, that, that qualify for this program to those with a pending asylum claim. And or it's it's not even a parent. Before you had to be a parent. There's a DNA test. Now it's just someone that applies to be a guardian. So now all you have to do is come here illegally, sneak in, uh, 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 you know, violate or solve the laws, uh, uh, apply for asylum and or be a guardian. And then we are going to pay you and I and the rest of American taxpayers are going to pay to get their whole family and fly them here. It's unconscionable. And then, real quick, Sean, at the same time, A.G. Garland this week also, what he did is he expanded the eligibility for those who are going to claim asylum. He dropped two lawsuits that would have narrowly tailored what asylum claims should be. So at the same time, CAM is coming, opening up people that, that can bring families in, and while simultaneously they're expanding who can apply for asylum. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable, and the American taxpayer is going to foot the bill. But at the end of the they road, are. you know, I, I don't know why this is such a mystery, because we're now going to hit a 20-, 30-year high of illegal immigrants coming into the country, and they're all telling you why, because Joe invited them. And and now he's the one that eliminated the Stay in Mexico pro, uh, uh, program. That was working. Building the wall was working. Uh, catch and release taking that away that was working now now greg abbott has to go it alone and and lay down 250 million more dollars of state money to 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 build more border wall because joe won't enforce the laws of the land yeah sean i tell you i hope your listeners are really paying attention close because what governor abbott and governor ducey are doing both Governor Abbott, you know, as usual, is leading, leading the way. Because we've been saying since day one, since Biden, with the stroke of a political pen, destroyed every effective tool, authority, policy that was securing our borders and addressing the illegal immigration crisis. We said from day one that the states are the last line of defense. If the states do not step up, like Governor Abbott, like, like Governor Ducey, and now like Governor DeSantis, that with this nation is absolutely going to continue to have their national security jeopardized by the Biden administration. Look, Governor DeSantis said it great yesterday. He was questioned, and this is a lot of people don't understand. Look, what happens at our southern border, son, you know this well, you've been there countless times. It doesn't stay at the border. You mentioned drugs. I mean, this fiscal year already, 6,000 pounds of fentanyl. 6,000 pounds. That's enough to kill, kill How many people can, did, would, could Don't die from 6,000 pounds of fentanyl? So every person on this planet, twice. I, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and that's just one aspect. You know, this administration, the Biden administration wants to, to make it, uh, you know, all about the, 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 the uncupping minors coming through. Well, that's not mutually exclusive. The threats we face on our border are complex, and the magnitude is, is unbelievable. And one impacts the other. When you have border patrol agents that are pulled off the line to provide daycare services for families and kids, it leaves large areas of border wide open. Uh, the cartels are loving this influx of of undocumented minors and you know biden's answer is to even as we speak he's building more cages for kids because that takes away all the manpower and and they're focused on the immediate problem of trying to take care of kids even in the middle of a pandemic and in literally overcrowded conditions everywhere uh, all that does is open up the rest of the border for human trafficking including young women into prostitution 
The drug traffickers have free reign. The cartels have free range, uh, free reign, and 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 the gangs have free reign to come in at other border points that would normally be protected, but the resources now are being, you know, used uh, for this one area. So you are absolutely correct. I couldn't have said it better. Here's another, uh, you know, thing that we don't talk enough about. That you just talk about like gang members. So we put that in the category as gotaways. Because of those resources you just described are pulled away to provide daycare services for kids and families, right? Large areas unsecure. Right now, they're anticipating a thousand gotaways a day, Sean. A thousand individuals, criminal aliens, a lot of them getting past the Border Patrol. Right now, the Border Patrol has estimated this fiscal year over 200,000 gotaways. Think about it. That's where your criminal aliens are, your convicted murderers, rapists, child pedophiles, gang members. I could keep going on. Those are the facts. Think about that. 200,000 have gotten passed because our borders are unsecure because of this administration's open border policies. I mean, it's unbelievable, and it's costing the American taxpayers a fortune. And as we continue with Mark Morgan, former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, you know, one of the more sinister aspects of this, too, is in the dark of night, uh, Joe Biden has been allowing uh, Mayorkas, his Homeland Security Secretary, and others, uh, they put these illegal immigrants on on planes and trains and automobiles, and they transport them to the continental United States, all 48 states, and they leave people there. Now states, this is an unfunded mandate for them, and states then become responsible for food and water and shelter and health care and education, uh, which states really can't afford. Sean, again, spot on. And look, and in addition to that, what are they doing it? They're doing it at the, the cover of darkness. I mean, these planes are flying like at midnight, two in the morning. Why are they doing that? So they're, they're shipping them. And the reason why they're doing this, and first of all, you're absolutely right. They're shipping. Why, them why don't the governors there. just ship them right back? Why don't they say, no, we're not well, taking so your problem? Well, so that's what, Sean, I think you're absolutely right. That's what part of Governor Abbott's plan is, is that he is shutting down state-run welfare programs uh, to, to no longer uh, uh, receive uh, individuals from the federal government that they're trying to do. Because here's, what, here's the game they're playing. They're, they're trying to facilitate, well, this is what they're doing. They're facilitating the re- release of illegal aliens as fast as possible. But what they're trying to do is get them off the border as fast as possible in the interior United States so it doesn't look like as much of a crisis that it is. In fact, in Donna, Texas, literally, they took the unaccompanied minors from Border Patrol facilities, walked them, literally, I'm not making this up, like 50 yards, right next door to an HHS facility where they may put thousands of unaccompanied minors. Then they go to the Border Patrol facility with cameras and say, look, nothing to see here. It's all under control. It's, it's a lie. It's a shell game. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's sad, too. All right, Mark Morgan, thanks for the update. Thanks for all you're doing. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Hi, Leonard Skinner, simple man. That can only mean one thing on the Sean Hannity Show, Hour 2, and that is all things Bill O'Reilly and all things Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Uh, congratulations again, sir. Number one best-selling book in America, Killing the Mob. Um, I'm wondering when the mob is going to kill you for writing about them being killed off themselves. So, you know, whatever mob members remain, I'm not thinking they're liking your book, Bill. No, they love it. This is, uh, (laughs) what do you, wait a minute. Well, slow down. They love it. What do you mean? The mob loves your book. Explain that one to me. I will. 
first of all, did you miss me last week? I was in uh, Wyoming. Doing some, uh, <laughs> I, I asked Linda, I said, where's O'Reilly? She goes, he's on vacation. I go, again? I mean, you, you, I was, you take more yeah, vacations well, than life. anybody in radio and TV. Yeah, my whole life's vacation. I was roaming around Wyoming uh, <laughs> comparing the, the culture there to the culture that we have in New York where we live in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, in other words, you, can, you were dealing with normal people for once in your life. Well, what I found out is pretty, pretty uh, interesting. Maybe we'll talk about it later. But to your point, Killing the Mob, six weeks at number one. Can you believe that's it? Amazing. No, listen, that's awesome. Good for you, buddy. Um, and, they, and it's a great and book. I, know, I learned a lot. I don't want to talk about it anymore because we've talked at length about it, but I learned yeah, a no, lot. You don't want to be, you don't want to be redundant. Um, but we talk about how brilliant and good-looking you are a lot. That's redundant. You're but, such you know, you're, you're such <laughs> All right. But, you know, we should. I'll tell you what. We need to have this discussion. Okay. Bill O'Reilly, we're kind of old school. We kind of grew up blue-collar. Uh, we both had dads that hit us with the belt because we friggin' deserved it. Uh, we didn't. We we weren't uh, damaged, although an argument could be made. Maybe we were, uh, but we survived it, and and you know we didn't melt like snowflakes do today. And by the way, I don't use I don't I don't believe in corporal punishment myself for my kids. But anyway, no, I don't either. There's this new trend in television that I didn't even know was going on. Maybe you know more about this than I do. Do you know that? Oh, that that there is a very high percentage of of people on television in news and and other television guys that are getting Botox apparently is very fashionable. Um, Now, Bill, I'm not against people. I'm, I'm very libertarian. Do whatever you want. But the idea of ever putting a live virus in my face, it's never going to happen, Bill. Like, I'm never going to get a Manny and a Petty. That's never going to happen either. Um, have you found this? Um, number one, I get Botox every Tuesday. No, that's a lot. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> never do that. I, I so that's, do that. why you, but, that's why you look the way you do. Okay, that makes sense. But Hannity, that's what I was going to say. Uh, God has blessed me with incredible handsomeness. Oh my and God! And even though I'm I'm getting older, I'm getting better looking. I'm like Johnny Carson. If if you look at Johnny Carson when he was a young man, he was much better looking when he was an old man. That's me. But um, I think. That <laughs> but, but by the way, is this like you get up in the morning and you go mirror mirror on the wall? Who's the best looking anchor of them all? I mean, what are you? No, you, here's I don't I even do look in the, in the mirror. I, I quote Joe Namath. I can't okay. wait till tomorrow. Because well. I get better looking every day. That's what I do every morning. Okay? But getting back to the Botox in, in television land, I mean, a lot of these people are only on TV because of their looks. They're dunderheads. They don't know anything. And they just kind of throw them up there because they... You mean like prompter readers, people that just read a teleprompter. Yeah. We all know them. Uh, I can name them if you'd like, but I'm not going to do that. But that's what that's all about. I mean, all they have is a physical thing. But there's a deeper thing here that I want you to think about. So my philosophy is I came in at the pleasure of the deity. He created me or she, (laughs) whatever you want to do up there. So you're going to say that God anointed you to be Bill O'Reilly on television. No, 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 he didn't anoint me to anything. He created me, 
And then, okay. then our Catholic theology acknowledges that I was created, and my mother that. and my father's DNA was handed down to me, and this is a gift. Life is a gift. So my philosophy, and I don't impose this on anyone else, is that I'm going to go out the same way I came in, which means I'm not going to get a tattoo on my neck. <laughs> I'm not going to put a piercing <laughs> through my nose, and I'm not getting Botox. I just, I mean, but, the, but, all right, but focus on one thing at a time. By the way, I'm not getting a tattoo or a nose ring or, or any earrings or none of that crap. I'm just old school. I don't know why, but the idea, because I've, I actually read about it, it's a live virus. That they, they, they take needles and shoot it into your face, and then apparently it gets rid of wrinkles in your face. And apparently some people even have really bad side effects from this. And and apparently then you can't even move your face. You're sort of expressionless. And I'm so stupid. I had no idea that this phenomenon was happening until fairly recently. Wow, I'm shocked. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. Um, what happens is that if you have an eye, what they call an eye job, you look like an owl. So your <laughs> eyes are like this wide open. I'm going to tell you something. Maybe I shouldn't say this. And oh, you can boy, cut boy, it hang out. on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. I got to warn my staff. Be ready to hit the dump button. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. All right. My friend, and he was Peter Jennings. I did have him. an eye job. He, he had did. an eye job, and and he regretted it because it did alter his appearance. And you know, there's something to be said for getting older gracefully. Mm -hmm. Is there not? I mean, you know who if you looks all right. So, how old is Clint Eastwood? You've interviewed Clint. I've interviewed Clint. Yeah, he was. He must be in his nineties now, right? He's not ninety years old. 90, he, he's okay. ninety-one. But see, but, but I love now. If you get. look at Clint Eastwood, he's got. He wears his life on his face. He looks rugged. Right. He looks tough. He, you know, I doubt he's ever gotten Botox. I, I would be shocked he if not. he did. Okay, so, and, and, and I will echo your comments about Peter Jennings. Peter Jennings actually shocked me once. I think it was when my second book, uh, Deliver Us From Evil, came out. And he came into the radio studio, and I, and I looked at the book. He had a copy, and he had notes all over the book. He had highlighted the entire book and then wanted to talk to me for an hour off air about the book and why I believe what I believe. I, his curiosity stunned me. You know who else was like that? Tim Russert. Tim Russert, you know, would call me and say, well, how do conservatives feel about certain things? I mean, that doesn't ever happen anymore. No, because both of those men were very interested in getting different points of view. Right. Uh, getting back to Clint Eastwood, I know him pretty well, as you know. And uh, the advantage that Clint has over everybody else is that nobody would ever make fun of his appearance because he would shoot them. And so he <laughs> just can get through. Go ahead. Uh, make my hungry. day. Right. Yeah, go ahead. All right. And, but Eastwood is a good example of somebody who at 91, still at the top of his game, He's got a movie coming out in November. I know. Okay? And and he doesn't give in to age. He does what he wants to do. And he's going to go out the way he came in. I love that. Uh, look at Gran Torino, which was, I guess it was a number of years yeah, ago. But he was, that was film. a great movie. 
Well, all right. So let me let me ask you this. So what is a yeah. Bill O'Reilly Wyoming vacation look like? Because I got to be honest, Bill, I don't really see you as a guy hanging out with a buffalo roam. I was with the Buffalo, and they love me. By the way, they they, they go to. No, Bill wait a minute, they're all fans of the night. Factor. Were they asking yeah, for today's they, talking they, points? They love me on the Factor. They love me on BillOReilly.com, and they ordered many copies of Killing the Mob. So what we did was we went out there uh, yeah. because uh, one of my urchins had never been to the Tetons and Yellowstone, and you got here. We go. go. You're calling your children urchins again. All right, go ahead. Yeah, you know. And you got to go there. It's, it's one of the most magnificent places. No, I've been there. Well, I've been to I my, Wyoming. Out. I, I, I love it out there. Time, at the same time, I was working because I'm always working. And what I wanted to find out was this, and I think the audience will be very interested. Wyoming, probably per capita, it is the smallest populated state in the Union, although the 10th largest in landmass. Probably per capita has more guns and homes than any other state in the Union. Yet, it is eighth in violent crime, okay? Eighth lowest in violent crime. The culture in Wyoming is we have the right to defend ourselves. And because there are bears roaming around, and because it's a very rural state. <laughs> Did you run into we a are bear to... to defend ourselves? But this is important. I think they, they have open. Ca- Do they not? Correct me if I'm wrong. If I remember, I think they have open carry. In other words, you can have you can have a sidearm. I don't know the state law there. I have to be, but I do know that very few people in Wyoming lock their doors. <laughs> they, they don't are need not to. Afraid of crime because there is no crime, and the reason there is no crime, Hannity, is because the few miscreants are severely punished. So if you are a criminal, a drug addict, whatever it may be, you're not going to live in Wyoming. You're going to go to San Francisco or New York where you can do whatever you want to anyone and no one will punish you. John Lott wrote his famous book. There's been numerous updates to it. More guns, less crime. And and I think you make a, a great point here. Can you commit right now? that you will indeed visit the U.S.-Mexico border, and will you do it soon? Jeremy, let me tell you something. Yes, I will, and I have before. Listen, anybody, especially if you're from California, you know, I've spent a lot of time on the border, and both going there physically and aware of the issues. All right, as we continue, all things Simple Man Bill O'Reilly on BillOReilly.com. All right, i got to ask you one political question. So the Republicans were able to unite and did something good for once. Um, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in, in many Republicans. Uh, I think Republicans as in, in general can be weak and feckless and uh, it's way too accommodating to socialism, but they stopped SR1. I think we need three thing, uh, five things to reform our election laws in the country to ins- so that we have integrity in the process and confidence in the results. Voter ID, number one, signature verification, number two, chain of custody for mail-in ballots, number three, uh, updated voter rolls every election, number four, and number five, most states have statutory language that allows partisan observers, people on all sides, to watch the vote count up close from start to finish. Anything I'm missing, Mr. O'Reilly, simple man. 
just one thing. Okay. There has to be limits on the time you vote. And look at New York City mayoral primary yesterday. We're not going to know. I know Eric Adams won. Okay, but I'm supporting Curtis Sliwa. He won the Republican ticket. Right. It's going to be Sliwa versus Adams. Um, but we will know officially for two weeks. That's insane. All right. So there's got to be a start point and end point, And that's all. And it should be discipline. And uh, otherwise, I concur word of the day with your five. But I would add that. I think all of that's good. Now the next question is, so I'm going next week. I know you're going on your tour, and we talked about it before you went on vacation with Donald Trump in December. I'm going to be with him. I'm doing a town hall with President Trump and Governor Abbott at the border in Texas. Only today, because Donald Trump announced he was going, did Kamala Harris say she's going to get down there this week. Uh, To me, that's a win for Donald Trump because he made that happen. First thing I said when I saw it, I said, they're scared of Trump. He's going to go down. He's going to get a lot of attention. So Kamala is going to go down. But you know what? Kamala's going to make it worse because I everybody agree. knows that she's not interested. It's uh, just a photo op where you guys with Abbott and Trump and you, um, you know, you'll be able to put forth, look, this is the way it used to be. This is what Biden did. And now this is the way it is today. A lot of people are going to watch that, by the way. And uh, I told the president, because I did speak to him a couple of days ago, not to comp you, Hannity, for any of the O'Reilly. Trump <laughs> so oh, so in right. other words, if I want to go watch the, the, the sold out tour with O'Reilly and Trump uh, in December, you're going to make me pay. Good. What is wrong with you? Friends don't treat friends I'm, like that. Know. I've been nothing but nice to you. I'm nice to you. Well, and this is how you repay me. True. And well, I, anyway, I, I hope you yeah. had a good vacation. You sound uh, rested and relaxed. Uh, I got a couple of days off coming up around the 4th and in July, and uh, I love that I'm hated. How's that? 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Why would I want to be liked by the mob, the media? I don't want to be liked by the mob and the media. I don't. They, they lie. They're propagandists. They peddle conspiracy theories, hoaxes, disinformation. They the very thing they accuse conservatives of, they themselves are most guilty of. They claim that they're journalists. They're not. I mean, I think one of the one of the funniest stories to come out was there was a story about Rachel Maddow that that came out in this court case and a judge ruling that Rachel Maddow's show isn't news. Okay, that's that's not a Fox News alert. It is totally, completely an opinion show. And I would argue my show is different. I'm a talk show host. I'm a member of the press. We do straight news. I can produce thousands of hours of straight news coverage on radio and TV. I can produce thousands of hours of investigative reporting, real investigative reporting, where we actually get real results on both radio and TV. Uh, Then, of course, we give an opinion and we're honest about what my political leanings are. I am a conservative and, and my philosophy is simple. I believe in, let's see, liberty, freedom, capitalism, our Constitution, low taxes, less, de- less bureaucracy in the government. I want choice in schools. I want free market solutions for health care, protecting free, pre-existing conditions. I believe in law. I believe in order and safety and security so people can pursue happiness. I want energy independence. I want secure borders, free and fair trade, and I want peace through strength. 
That's pretty much it. I wrote an, a big piece. We put it on Hannity.com. It was on FoxNews.com asking very specific questions of their top, quote, journalists. So far, just crick, you know, crickets. Part two today, asking questions about Joe and Joe's history on racial issues. Anyway, let's get to our phones. As promised, Larry is in the great state of Florida. You might have a new neighbor coming down there one of these days soon. That would be me. How are you? Yes, sir. Hi, Sean. It's a great honor to be on your show, and I uh, sure hope that you uh, leave the state of New York to come and join us in uh, sunny Florida. I actually immigrated from the uh, People's Republic of Canada a few years ago under the uh, President Trump's administration, and I really love it there. Um, I actually am a, I'm a conservative immigrant, so I actually paid and waited for my uh, green card, unlike the uh, people invading our southern border. And um, I'm really uh, happy for the honor to be on your show. Um, I just wanted to reach out and say that uh, when I immigrated here, it was under President Trump, but this was during the uh, impeachment uh, uh, clown circus of uh, 2019. And I was stressed. And I started volunteering for the uh, Republican Party of Florida. And for the first time, my stress level went down a little bit as I was doing voter registration. And uh, they kind of liked me because then they hired me as a uh, field organizer for the uh, Republican Party of Florida. And we actually did pretty good in Santa Rosa County. We doubled our number of of, uh, registered Republicans. And uh, now that the campaign is is, is over, then I went back to the private sector and I'm a volunteer again. And uh, I just wanted to reach out to your listeners and, and let them know that uh, there's a lot of things that are going on right now, and even in a conservative state like Florida, we have a uh, rather uh, left-leaning school board. Uh, we have county commissioners who actually are not so much uh, in, in, you know, in line with our conservative movement. So you got to watch out for these people. And as as my focus was all on President Trump's campaign last year, I realized that um, we have county commissioners that actually. Uh, not so much in favor of the Guardian program, which is training and arming uh, volunteer teachers in our schools. and uh, But we also have like pretty cool stuff going on. We're trying to um, name uh, the uh, Navarre Causeway as the Donald J. Trump Causeway. Uh, this is a project we're working on. We're going to have a, a, a huge uh, Trump boat parade uh, in Navarre later on on September 11th. So uh, if, you want, if you guys want to come down and, and, and see this, uh, well, let me let me tell of- you what I'm taking out of your call. First of all, you're a great American, and you're 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 explaining something and expressing something that I'm not even sure you intend to express, and that is that by involving yourself in the process and 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 even getting measurable success, you know, doubling the the number of registered Republicans, that you feel good about it. You feel like you're you're progressing. You're doing something. Um, well, that's the same in anything in life. That's why, you know, it's, it's very important that people have a purpose. It doesn't matter. I don't care if your purpose is flipping a hamburger every day. You got to get up and you got to serve other people, produce goods and services. People want, need and desire. And then you're providing, you know, something of value to people. And that's great for your self-esteem. It's, it's just healthy. Um, I think to lay around and do nothing and just, selfishly pick what I'm going to do for any given day would be a pretty boring existence. But the the bigger message here is I hope people are hearing you because they can help too. And they can volunteer also. And if you want, if you don't like the direction of the country, join the likes of Larry in Florida and go do something. Is that a fair statement? 
Absolutely, sir. And, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm an immigrant, if I can do it, well, so American-born citizens can, can do too. And uh, there's a lot of Republican clubs. They all need your help. Uh, if, you leave, if you live in a very blue state uh, like Oregon or California, I would encourage you to maybe move to a purple state and get involved in the local Republican clubs and let's make that state red again. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done. Get involved in your school board. Get involved with your board of county commissioners. Let them hear, let them know that you're you're alive and and the movement is uh, is alive and well. Appreciate you calling. Keep it up. Thanks, uh, Larry. Good job. John is in Chicago. Uh, John, thank you for checking in. Glad you're with us. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. So I'm a Chicago police officer. Uh, been with the department for 18 years. Yeah. The reason I'm calling in is because uh, I want to just let the people know how low the morale is um, in Chicago, uh, the lack of leadership. Um, we don't have support from the higher-ups, the mayor, the superintendent, who was brought in uh, uh, from Dallas. Uh, he's basically a puppet for the mayor. So uh, instead of the superintendent running the department, it's basically uh, the mayor that's running it. Um, we probably have about a handful of aldermen. There's 50 aldermen in Chicago um, there's probably a handful that, that have our backs. Um, we're basically handcuffed. They don't want us to do our job. We're demonized. And, um, you know, cops are pulling back from that. Um, we have working 12 hour shifts. We have our days off canceled. No, you know, we don't get a Memorial day off. Even if we're off that day, Memorial day, 4th of July, we don't get any holidays off. Our days are canceled. Manpower's super low. Um, you know, we our contract expired. Can I ask you a question, John? First of all, thank you. 18 years as a police officer in Chicago. I look at Chicago now as a war zone. Last weekend, 50 people shot. I mean, it's like, you know, gunshots every weekend. The number just varies up every Monday. We get a we get we get a how many people shot count. Here's my question. Yeah. OK, you're willing to risk your life to to serve and protect your community. Why has nobody stopped this problem? Because I used to scroll the names of people shot every weekend when Obama was president and Joe was vice president. And it's just as bad, if not worse, today. Now, I know it's not your fault. What what is the cause? Why is this happening? Why are why is why are these shootings continuing? Well, the mayor would say, as she would say, it's um illegal guns coming in from Indiana. That's not the case. The case is we have a radical left district attorney, Soros-funded Kim Fox, and we have liberal judges, the chief judge, who it's a revolving door. You get caught with a gun, you're out that same day. Before I even get off my shift, they're out. Uh, Gun Repeated gun offenders, um, their judges are sending $500 uh, bond, so they got to pay fifty dollars to get out ten percent. So the problem is that they're not. There's not a gun problem. There's a crime problem, and they're not uh, going by. Uh, the judges are just letting these people go. So it, it's so it's basically all, just like New York, no bail law. And so you exactly. rob a bank, you get caught, they let you out. You rob another bank, you get caught, they let you out, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, and just like you know, New York made a decision. Different counties that even though we have video of people committing arson, people involved in looting and rioting, uh, not one of the people are going to be prosecuted from last summer. Well, that's a license to go out and, and burn more buildings, rob more stores, loot more stores, and commit more crimes. So if you're not going to enforce the law, 
then this is what the predictable result is. My advice to you, how how many years in before you're allowed to retire with your full benefits? Uh, at age 50. How old I are you? I have a couple more years. Do you know, do you know there's eight? My, my advice is, is, is to ask for desk duty. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't risk your life much more. You've done, you've done 18 years on the streets. Get your pension and go work somewhere else. That's the way it's going. Got to move. It's sad. I mean, I'm, I, and I'd give you advice, not because I want you to do this, is because they're not helping you do your job. They're making it impossible for you to do your job. And at that point, yeah, what's the what, what's the point? And every cop I know dreamed of being a cop. You you're willing to put your life on the line. For innocent people, and you have no yeah, they support. To, they don't want us to chase nobody. Um, you, no, you, yeah, you get a report too. over the radio with, uh, you know, a vehicle description. You see that vehicle, you pull it over, and it takes off. You cannot go after that person. So that person that just shot somebody, you got to let them go. So you know, dreaming of being a cop when you're younger and doing all the hey, good John, things. And let me tell you, find states like uh, South Dakota and Texas and Florida. They love cops. They're hiring them. From, yeah. from other cities and other states, get your pension and go work at a department that will give you the support you, you deserve. That's my advice to you. 100%. If I thought you could fix it, I would give you my advice on how to fix it. But there's no way you can fix it. This you is out of your it, hands. No. This, these are a bunch of stupid politicians that, that are institutionalizing failure, institutionalizing lawlessness, institutionalizing shootings and mayhem and murder. I blame them, not you. You're not the problem. If they would use you the right way, you'd be the solution. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. All right, back to our busy telephones. Kevin, Minnesota, up next, Sean Hannity Show. What's up, Kevin? I've got two questions as far as the uh, re-voting, I think, in Georgia, and is it Pennsylvania? No, well, right now you have an audit in Fulton County in Georgia. Audit. They they now apparently don't have any chain of custody records, which is required by the law to keep them. You know, I'm, I'm watching the left meltdown. Number one, H.R. 1 didn't get passed. It shouldn't have gotten passed, uh, which would eliminate all voter ID and no signature verification, no checks, no balances, no integrity whatsoever. It actually has Obama now claiming Republicans are going to steal the 2022 midterm elections. No, they're not. Um, and then out in Maricopa County, uh, they're doing an audit out there. Now, if they're doing an audit for the purposes of learning what went right, what went wrong, how is that a bad thing? I've identified five separate things that are needed for election integrity. I'll say them again. Voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody controls, updated voter rolls every election, and partisan observers, people on all political sides, get to watch the vote count from start to finish. You know, why why are people melting down over an audit? Now, I've spoken to many, many attorneys. I want to be very clear here. I don't know what's going to happen. I know that Pennsylvania is talking about it. I know Wisconsin officials uh, are talking about it. Michigan officials are talking about it. I don't know what's going to happen with these audits. And if it comes back that they find widespread fraud that they hadn't found before, I've talked to many attorneys, people saying, well, then that means Donald Trump's president. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Because there's nothing constitutionally that, that I or any smart lawyer that I've talked to, I've asked them, that they see that that would allow 
for a redo of a certified election. There's nothing that I see. And I don't see Congress, the Senate, or any court, especially the Supreme Court, that would have the appetite to even take a case like this. So I think, you know, for people that think that, well, this is this is going to put Donald Trump back in office. The only way Donald Trump gets back in office, from what I can see legally, constitutionally, and from a practical point of view, is in January of 2025. And that's, and that, but you need election integrity. So what happened, the things that they didn't follow the laws, partisan observers didn't observe, the Constitution wasn't followed, they had dual standards of, of identification for voting in Georgia, for example, um, you know, you got to fix those problems now before 2022. Anyway, appreciate the call. 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, in a moment, we're going to uh, be talking with Congressman Dr. Ronnie Jackson. Uh, now, he had worked for presidents. He was the White House physician for both President Obama and President Trump. And recently he has come out publicly and he has said that he thinks that Joe Biden needs to take a cognitive test. I agree with him. I mean, you've got these look at what happened at NATO, the weird gap. You know, it was like 10 seconds of um, 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 he has the most difficult times with names. Um, NATO is an unmitigated disaster where he's even being laughed at by the by the g7 group and uh then when you ask him about names you know for example or or take when you ask him about taking a cognitive test he kind of loses it every time that issue comes up listen i want to thank the the uh former general i keep calling him general my my uh the guy who runs that outfit over there representatives uh shirley jackson lee al green lizzie pinelli Excuse me, Pinnell, and uh, what am I doing here? For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, there's two ways the American people get inspired. One way they get inspired is by great leaders who are, you know, called us to peel our better angels from Abraham Lincoln to all the way, you know, to FDR to to uh, John Kennedy, uh, Barack, et cetera. They actually, I... Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that, uh, uh-huh. 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 Hello? the answer Hello? is, uh-huh. I believe he is in the past essentially acknowledged that he was, uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What you... Hey, hey, come on, man. You, you, it's like asking, taking a test, did you do cocaine? Come on, are you, are you a junkie? Well, that would be zero experience, Hunter. Anyway, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, uh, he was the White House physician, as I mentioned, for both President Obama and President Trump. Uh, then now there are people out there trying to discredit Ronnie Jackson, saying that this is political. Um, but he has called for Joe Biden 
to undergo a cognitive test so the commander-in-chief proves to the American public after all of these, I don't know, moments that he has. I mean, it's, it's very clear that he's, he's a cognitive mess. It's pretty transparent. You don't need a, a medical degree from Harvard Medical School or John Hopkins or NYU to figure this out. It's, 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 it's pretty discernible. And when you couple that with Joe's flashes of anger gets, you know, immediately like a a switch goes off. You know, we have a right to know whether or not he is mentally alert enough and has the mental capacity to do the hardest job in the world. Donald Trump took the test and got a perfect score. He was told before he took the test because I asked him. I said, when you took the test, what did they tell you? They said, whatever the results are, we have to publish. We have to release them. Meaning if you don't, if you didn't do well, that will come out. And he said, fine, I'm going to take the test. He ended up acing the test. Um, I spoke with him after, and he said it was not exactly an easy test either. Anyway, Dr. Jackson uh, joins us now. Ronnie Jackson, sir, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Sean. Pleasure to be with you. All right, you're calling on Joe Biden to immediately undergo a cognitive test to assess mental impairment. The very same test that Donald Trump took. When the media was demanding it, okay, he took it. My understanding is he got a perfect score. Is that true? That's absolutely true. He got 30 for 30 on it. And, uh, you know, that's because he had no cognitive issues. And I, uh, I submit to you that Joe Biden would not do near as well on that test. And, and it would re- reveal that something's actually going on and would have objective data that something's going on. And that's what they really fear is they don't want any objective data. We all see it. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a former White House physician to watch this man on TV and see that something's not right. And so, you know, I'm just out there pushing it, saying, hey, it's time for him to take the test. It's time for him to reassure the American people uh, to the extent that he can that, that he's capable of being our head of state and our, and our commander-in-chief. He's embarrassed his overseas now, you know, and he sent the wrong message to our allies. He sent the, uh, he's, he's emboldening and, and encouraging our adversaries with his behavior. Uh, everyone's taking advantage of him. He's being tested on a, on a daily basis, whether it's Iran or China uh, you know, or, uh, or Russia, whatever it is, and, and he's just not passing the test, and they're going to just keep pushing the envelope and just getting away with more and more. And he's not pulling the strings, Sean. He's not. Uh, there are other people in the West Wing that are driving this ship, and uh, he's just out there as a figurehead uh, on, on good days when they can get him out there. But it's time, it's time for the public to know. Okay. The American people can see this. It raises a whole set of questions in my mind. Who knew what, when about his cognitive struggles? Let's, I'm, I'm trying to be charitable here. From everything that I've read and every medical professional such as yourself that I have spoken to, especially those that are acutely aware, most many people may not know still, that he had two frontal lobe surgeries and removal, and it was done in the 80s at a, at a time where it, it tended to result in cognitive difficulties as one ages. I'll let you say it. I'm, I'm giving you the layman's analysis here. But what do you right, see? Yeah. Because what I see is if, it's, if he's struggling cognitively, that would normally be degenerative. In other words, it's going to get worse. And I would assume the pressures of the job of being president, the, the hardest job in the world, would probably accelerate whatever condition he may have. Would that be a good observation? That's absolutely right, Sean. He did have those. He had two aneurysms. 
that were clipped. The first one was found because it was bleeding. He had a hemorrhagic stroke is what it, is what it amounted to. Uh, he had a second one later on. I th- you know, if I remember correctly, he didn't even go back to work in the Senate for months and months after the first one because it caused so much disability. Well, that inevitably did some brain damage. It killed certain areas of the brain that, you know, that didn't recover from that. That's what all strokes do. And so yeah, as you get older, you rely on, on, having a, on having a reserve in your brain that you can fall back on as other areas in your brain don't function as well. And I don't think he has that reserve anymore. And I think you're right. I know what the rigors of this job are, both mentally and physically and, and how demanding it is. And, and he is not up for the task, and I don't think he has the reserve to do this. And we can see him struggling and failing on a daily basis now. But, yes, this test was specifically outlined. And if you look at the reason for doing this test, it's a screening test looking for issues like Alzheimer's and cognitive uh, disability related to strokes. And he has had two documented strokes. Let's talk about the surgeries that he had on on each side of his brain, frontal lobe surgeries, as I understand it each time. Uh, doctors that I know that do brain surgery, I have two friends that are brain surgeons. They've given me great detail about, about the way the surgery was performed at the time that he had these issues in the 80s. They do it very differently today. What do you know about those surgeries? Well, they went in and they, 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 he had these aneurysms and one of them, you know, ruptured and bled. And so they went in and they just tried to clip the vessel to stop the bleeding. Um, and you know, what happens when you do that, when it bleeds initially, all the brain tissue distal to where that injury was, it, it no longer gets, it no longer gets blood. Therefore, it no longer gets oxygen. Therefore, the tissue that's dependent on that oxygen can die off. And there's always a, an area, right, that's most severely uh, impacted by that, that that doesn't recover. And then there's an area called the watershed out around it, you know, that, that, uh, that recovers. And so it just depends on, I don't know what the extent of the damage was, but there was inevitably some amount of damage related to this loss of blood supply and this loss of oxygen to the brain. And so, you know, I, that once again, I think that, that, that that's why he's not doing very well right now. I think that he doesn't have that reserve to fall back on at this point. You know, everybody, like I've said this before, I think I've told you this before, everybody ages differently. We all know people that are 100 and something years old, they're sharp as a tack, and we all know people that are in the early 70s that are having a lot of difficulty. Unfortunately, he's he's from that uh, from that category that's having a lot of difficulty, and he's not aging gracefully. It's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. They're trying to roll him out on, on, on good days now, get him out for small, short periods of time, give him screened questions to ask, give him bullets and talking points from the questions that they know that the press is going to ask from people that they've already identified. And even with that, he's having an incredibly difficult time. So I have no confidence whatsoever right now that he will be able to perform uh, you know, when he really has to as our president. What's amazing to me is the, I always said it during the campaign that he was in the media mob, big tech candidate protection program. Now I argue that Joe Biden is being protected again. This is the presidential uh, protection program of, uh, provided by the media mob and big tech once again. Every single person I talk to sees exactly what you're seeing and what I'm seeing. World leaders, they study American presidents. They watch their every move. They watch every word they ever say. They're being studied at a very high and very on a very sophisticated level. And that means America's enemies. That means people like Putin People like President Xi, the Iranian mullahs, Kim Jong-un, uh, radical Islamic terror, terrorist groups, they're all watching. Now, they're not being influenced by the media cover-up of what is obvious is that Joe is cognitively weak. Now, the people around him, 
they also have to know what's going on. If anything, they know it's a lot worse than what what they're allowing us to see because they limit the time that he's available publicly. He averages less than one agenda item uh, on his schedule a day. He disappears every single weekend. If there's a big event that he has to go to, he's he's missing in action for days and days in the lead up to such uh, an event. That would tell me that they're preparing him and resting him as much as possible, perhaps even treating him. I don't know if there's any treatment. One has to ask that question. Is that a possibility? Is there any treatment that could enhance enhance somebody's cognitive ability are there any medicines that would enhance one's cognitive ability if they were struggling absolutely there's medicines out there you know that they use for alzheimer's and different types of cognitive issues and those are the questions we need to have answered you know has he had have they had conversations about this have they already done some testing that we don't know about is he on medication to help him you know get past this those are all questions that the american people deserve to know whenever i was president trump's physician we we were fully out in the open with every single thing that happened to President Trump from a medical standpoint, all the medications he was on, everything involving his mental health and his physical health. And those are the kinds of questions that they need to answer for us. And you're right, his staff and people around him are covering this up. And, you know, Sean, my theory is that, you know, back in October, when it looked like there was no way President Trump was possibly going to beat, the economy could be beat, the economy was booming, so on and so forth. I think that the Democrats had already conceded, and I think they really didn't care who their nominee was at that point. They thought it was going to be a lost cause this round, and then COVID came out, and they capitalized on that, and they realized maybe we have a chance to take this election. But then they were stuck with Joe Biden as their nominee. So I think that they looked around and they said, oh, my God, what do we do now? we got Joe Biden as our nominee. So I think that they've been working on a contingency plan of getting rid of him at some point in their future because they know they're going to be forced to because of his cognitive performance. And I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what? I said, ask me about this a year from now, if he's still there in a year from now, because I won't be the one talking about it. The Democrats are going to be the ones talking about it because they will come after him at some point. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Congressman and Dr. Ronnie uh, Jackson. He was the White House physician for President Trump and President Obama. And as we continue, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, now Congressman Ronnie Jackson, he wants Biden to take this cognitive test. There will have to be a lot of explaining by the people that were around him. And what did they know about this condition and when did they know it? Um, now, it, and, and just to be fair to, to people, I'll, I'll look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is as as mentally sharp as he was 20 years ago. He's got a high energy level. People, I can tell you, the people, because I knew people that worked with Donald Trump, he wore everyone around him out. I mean, everybody around him was exhausted, and he was still ready to go another five hours. How many hours a night did he sleep? He slept, he slept, he slept between four and five hours a night, never more. That's about what I sleep. And, yeah, and I'm yeah, perfectly and fine. Up. Yeah, he, um, I saw him on Monday, and he looks fantastic, man. He looks great, Sean. If he decides to come back, he's going to be a force to be dealt with for sure. But my point is it has nothing to do with age. You know, you can have a you, – you can be in cognitive decline in your 50s for crying out loud. Uh, I right. know people, people that's happened to. Bernie Sanders is older than Joe Biden, and, and he's, he's got it together. He's sharp as he's ever been, right? Yes, sir. That's a, crazy, that's a but example. he's a crazy loon, but, you know, he's still articulate and he doesn't have these brain farts like Joe Biden is having every five seconds. All right. Tell me about this test. What would the test consist of? What do you what? 
So it's, it's a screening test, Sean. You know, it's not really made as a, as a comprehensive test to look for cognitive, uh, you know, to, to, to diagnose or, you know, really break down cognitive issues. It's a screening test looking for cognitive issues. The same way that we screen somebody for colon cancer, for, for heart disease, uh, so on and so forth, this is the screening test for cognitive issues. And so, you know, if you don't have any cognitive issues, you should be able to do pretty good on it. I think, you know, a normal score is like 27 out of 30. Like I said, the president got 30 out of 30. But, you know, it, it, it deals with, you know, can, can you draw shapes? It has like a three-dimensional uh, cube, and you have to redraw the well, cube. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Block. One day I think yeah. I'll, maybe I'll let you give me the test, and unless I score well, <laughs> I'm not going to report it publicly. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for being with us, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Uh, thanks so much for being with us uh, from the state of, great state of Texas. We'll continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, just your calls for the next half hour. Uh, let's say hi to Judy. Judy is in Texas. And Judy, thank you for calling. Hi, Sean. How are you doing all the liberty-loving people in America? Uh, I we have lo- a call to action. Uh, I missed that part. Say that again. I have a call to action. Okay, what's your call to action? I love that. What is it? First of all, I'm a nurse, and I think we, like you said earlier, can all do something. We're all gifted in something. We can help our community. I'm a full-time nurse, but I help volunteer. I help kids with homework. That's when I find out what they're indoctrinating our kids with. I help teach the truth. I was a poll worker, and speaking of election integrity, and that's what made me move to Texas. I was a poll worker in California and got out of there. And so um, I just say we all can help our neighbors. We can help our friends. We can help them with their homework. We can, you know, do all kinds of volunteer work. Or it's an action call. We could be the activists instead of the left-wingers. Listen, we've got to, I used to always say we need to become the media. All right, conservative talk radio, that, that fills one, one, one gap. Uh, the few of us, and there's not, look, not everybody at Fox thinks like Sean Hannity. Let me be very blunt, very open, very honest. But there are a couple of us that are conservative. Um, and there's a lot of people on Fox that I disagree with, which I'm fine. By the way, I'm totally cool with it. I'm, I'm fine with that. Nobody tells me how to do my show. Nobody tells me what opinions I've got to take. And I've been doing it 25 years. They pretty much leave me alone to do my show. And, and, and we remain independent and we go our own way. We do it our, the way we want to do it. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity. Um, now I would argue the next step for conservatives, and I'm not capable of doing this. I don't have the <laughs> Linda can weigh in here. I barely have the technical knowledge to download an app and everybody around me knows it and it infuriates everybody around me. I don't even have email. I don't have any access to any social media. I, I constantly am changing telephones even because uh, they always break. And when they don't work the way I want them to work, I, I just I get another phone um, because by the time you get it repaired, it takes forever. And so but we need our version of Twitter, our version of Facebook, our version of Instagram, our version of of YouTube. And I know there are efforts now that are out there. Which one will emerge as the winner? I don't know yet, but I but I strongly support it. 
Like for a while, I thought Parler was was going to be a nice alternative to Twitter. We saw what happened with Parler. So now that we're kind of back back to the drawing board again. But it has to happen because, you know, we've 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 done a couple of tests. Linda, you can attest to this. Usually in years gone by, when I would tweet, there'd be like, you know, a whole army of conservatives that, that would come in with comments supporting me. And there'd be people that hate my guts. And, and actually, some liberals can, act, can be funny and, and I'll laugh at even if they're making fun of me. Now it's like 100 percent. Hannity sucks. Hannity sucks. Linda, true or false, right? We've actually yeah. tested it. And then we went back. Linda went back. Somehow she figured out how to do it and looked at at tweets from whenever ago. And we look at the comments and like 80 percent of people agreed with me. There's like nobody left on Twitter that's a conservative anymore. I know Levin's it's actually not that what, what they're is doing it? is that they're suppressing. So what they what they can do through their algorithms is they can make sure that certain people's messaging, certain people's conversations do not reach designated parties because they don't want the message to get out. So what conservatives have to do and what's very hard for conservatives to do, because we believe in capitalism and independent responsibility and entrepreneurialism, is we actually need to work together. And not everybody be out for the glory. And if we did that, we'd be in good shape. So, for example, instead of hashtagging every single right wing thing that you think everybody needs to know about, leave all of it out and you put See, in something I, else. Let me tell people this, too. And, and, and I, I, I don't want to take all of Judy's time. You're still with us, Judy. Let me just tell you, I've I'm been here. approached. I'm with you. I have been approached by people to partner financially in, in some of these endeavors. And I'm and I'm and by the way, I, my instincts would be this would be a, a if it's done right with the right people that I trusted and believed in, it would probably be a good investment. The problem then for me becomes if you really do allow free speech, you're always going to have a, a, a bunch of idiots that say stupid Adam Schiff uh, on whatever the platform is. And let's say if I own 5% of the company, I'm going to get 99% of the blame when people say dumb stuff. So that puts me in a bad position. Now, I don't even go to visit these sites. So, you know, it puts me in a box that I, I just don't feel comfortable being put in, to be honest. Uh, Linda and I have talked extensively about that. You actually agree with me that I'll get all the blame. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you're the name. So whenever you have any one partner, unless they're going to be silent and we're going to be anonymous and they're just going to be a partner in, you know, financial and get an ROI on their equity investment, then otherwise you're out of luck. Yeah, I mean, so my answer is I'm encouraging anybody that's involved in it uh, on the best level that I can. Um, but, you know, I'm, I want to focus on these two shows that I have. It's an honor to be on this radio program every day for three hours. I love doing the TV show for an hour every night. You make this possible. It's my job to do a good show every day. And I'm going to stay fully focused on that with an eye on 2022 and an eye on 2024 because the country is literally hanging in the balance. And I believe that with all my heart. Uh, Judy, thank you. You've been great. Uh, Pamela, California, glad you called. Sean, it's an honor to speak with you, to be on your program. Uh, my, my opinion is that the greatest source of voter suppression is caused by the Democrat policies of decriminalizing crime. It makes people afraid to go out and vote when there's bums and junkies or shotguns in their neighborhoods. 
And if we're talking about mail-in ballots, the mail doesn't get delivered in certain neighborhoods because of the crime. Sad. Stolen out of the box. Yeah, right. and then, by the way, we it. know how to fix the problem. Rudy Giuliani did it in New York. Forget about Rudy's politics for a minute. Rudy Giuliani was able to show that if you if you if you hyper focus your limited police resources in the areas that have the most crime, we're not talking about race here. We're talking about where where is most of the crime happening? And you can save lives because there were nearly 3,000 homicides a year, and he drove it down to 300. Those are human lives being saved. Does he get credit for it? No. But the policies worked. We can duplicate that if we want to. We, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Long, we have brave men and women that are willing to serve and protect their neighborhoods and do their job, but they're not getting supported today. And they're getting in trouble for even doing their job. So it's, you know, we're, you know it's, it's even gotten to a point for me in my life, not that I want to talk too much about me, is, you know, there, there are places I don't go because I know the very sight of me in, in the leftist mind will trigger them. I mean, that's how insane it's gotten. You know, when I see a liberal that, you know, maybe somebody in television, I say, hi. I mean, I don't really give a, I, I, I don't give a flying Adam Schiff about who this person is. But, you know, apparently that's not their reaction. But you're right. These policies, you know, it's a threat. Now people can't even have a mailman drop off the mail anymore. That's sad. What you're saying is sad. Linda, true or false? Certain places I will not go now where I used to go. That's 100% true. There's, I mean, we're riding the subways in fear. We're walking down the street. People are getting hit with bats. You know, well, we have no, criminals coming up to us. No, 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 I don't do it out us. of fear. I'm not fearful at all. I, there's, there's no fear in my body about going. Right, but you're not going places. to willingly go somewhere where you know there might be a confrontation. It could and be a be confrontation there. and that right. I have to protect you're myself. You're going to avoid it. Right. I'm, a, I'm avoiding it more for their sake than mine, to be very honest. I don't want to be involved in that. I don't 100%. want to be part of that. You know, I'm actually a very peaceful person. And at times when when people have become confrontational with me, I do everything in my power to defuse it. Can I buy you a drink? Would you like let me take care of your bill? I'll do anything. I'll I'll So the, I'll, none of those people have been around you when your technology isn't working then cuz you're not very pleasant then, <laughs> I got to tell you. But That's now not a fun I'm, in, time. I'm in a good spot right now cuz I only have yeah. one device and it and it's new and it works. One device that you operate, everything else James takes care of. I, I don't do any. Well, I, you you do all the social media. <laughs> I crap. do a I lot do of any, it too. I don't I do any of this. You, Kristen. I mean, I have a whole team that does this. Could you imagine? I mean, would you really want to deal with me on Twitter again? Oh God, everybody, no. I never want you on Twitter again. Everybody's head used to explode. Well, I, I'd be posting at like three in the morning. I'd be fighting, you know, one of these liberal idiots, and people are like, "What is wrong with you? Go to sleep." I'm like, well, I can't fall asleep because well, I'm on the stupid thing. Well, well, I don't know why you're not falling asleep, considering the fact that you're in a dojo for four hours every morning with Glenn. But, you know, no, it's only an hour and a half, two hours. That's it. Oh, my God. No, it's not. It's so much longer. There's the there's the pre talk. There's the chit chat. <laughs> then we got to get you in the dojo. We got to stop. We got to text somebody. Oh. It's like four hours when all said and done. He's he's, he's killing me every day. I'm I, no doubt. I, a, f- a friend of mine, I actually swam in a pool not that long ago, which I rarely do. 
And a friend of mine goes, what happened to you? And I'm like, what? Because the whole you're you're black and blue on your entire left side of your body. I'm like, really? And I didn't even know it. And I said, yeah, I'm, oh yeah, that's right, Glenn. That was Glenn. But I have black and blues every day. That's just part of my training. It's a little I love know. tap. <laughs> it's not exactly. I wouldn't describe it that subtle. way. By the way, and then we so we were at some event in New Hampshire. I think it was in the last election. It wasn't the last election. Lawrence Jones was with us. So Sensei is there. You know, he's doing security for me. And we're having a dinner. It was a really nice dinner. I usually take the both radio and TV. I take the whole team, even, you know, everybody that works on both shows. Um, if you're involved in any way, I invite you. And we throw a dinner one night when we're on the road. And so that was that dinner night. And then I stand up and we did a demonstration of pain day. You were there. You remember this. I and then there. I offered Lawrence Jones $1,000 to see if he could take it. And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't take it. Um, Lawrence Jones is a very smart man. Oh, I, get, I still give him a hard time about it. Um, all right. Let's say hi to Jim in Kansas. Jim, how are you? We got about a minute. It's all yours, sir. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. It's an honor to speak to great American patriots such as well, Thank you, my friend. And Donald Trump's running mate in 2024. Got a question about uh, Biden shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. He said it was due to climate change and stuff. And how can he justify Putin's pipeline? Is it because he wants to line his family's pockets with more money or out of his allegiance to Mother Russia? All I can say is, is if any of the Trump kids got three and a half million dollars from a Russian oligarch, the first lady of former first lady of Moscow, and then Joe Biden, who just signed an, an executive order that wiped away 11,000 high paying career jobs in the energy sector for the Keystone XL pipeline and then gives a waiver to Vladimir. I'm sorry, to me, the first thing I would think of, and if it was a Trump, the media would think of, is that Joe's compromised because it makes no sense whatsoever. Now, we're also paying for our Western European allies' defense vis-a-vis NATO, the defense, their defense against Russia. Now they are making Russia and Putin, hostile actor, hostile regime, rich, because now they're doing billion-dollar energy deals with Putin. Now, how stupid does that make us as a country? It makes us dumb. This is what America last looks like. Under Biden, it's America last. Blame America first. That's, where, that, that's the state of the country today. It's, it's unbelievably stupid. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, Miranda Devine, what a column she wrote about Hunter's laptop from hell. New information. Eric Trump will weigh in. Senator John Kennedy, he's become like one of our favorite guests. We love him. A nurse that's fired for not getting a vaccine. How unfair is that? And Senator Ron Johnson and more. Please set your DVR. Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. We'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. You make this show possible.